my radio station, your radio station, our radio station, the voice of the Cape. Sunday Live. Sunday Live, it is. My name is Muhammad Sheikh, and uh, in this particular um, segment, inshallah, we'll be talking to, uh, in a few minutes from now, Mr. Nuruddin Semper. Uh, who is part of the project coordinator at the Muslim Refugee Association of South Africa. Um, and uh, yes, inshallah, well, he's just walked into studio, that is, and uh, we welcome him, that is uh, Mr. Nuruddin Sempa. I'm hoping I'm saying that well, inshallah. We've got him right into the hotspots. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. How are you doing this morning, Nuruddin? Alhamdulillah, I'm fine. How are you doing? Just out of curiosity, which country do you come from? I come from Uganda, East Africa. Uganda. Uh, there's something striking about that, though. Mm. Most of the Ugandanian, Ugandan people I know are extremely tall. Like I'm talking two meters plus. Okay. <laughs> so did you come from across the other side of Uganda or... Uh, <laughs> and um, Yes, maybe uh, you have met many tall Ugandans, but uh, maybe people from Southern Sudan, because Southern Sudan border us from the north. Oh. So the north people from the northern part are the tall guys. The tall guys. Yeah. Damn, those are two yeah, But I come people. from central, um, near Lake Uganda. Victoria. Okay. Yeah, around Wonderful. Kampala, which is the city. Kampala, yeah, right, the, the capital city. of Uganda. Yes. Wonderful. Well, welcome to Sunday Live. Nice chatting to you. Yeah, thank you so much. All right. We, we're sitting in a bit of a crisis here in um, in South Africa at this point in time, especially for refugees and refugee seekers who are were seeking asylum, tried to coordinate a protest, and I mean the whole incident that happened not too long ago. But be that as it may, um, you know, one of the things that we are talking about right now is that um, we have two issues that we have in hand. One is the local authorities mishandling you know, and um, uh, not giving fair treatment to refugees in coordinating the protest and, you know, um, using force to try and curtail that. And the second is trying to, you know, as a continuous continuous state of mind, um, gaining our ulama and charitable bodies to try and assist Muslim refugees in whichever capacity. So w- what's your take on either? What, w- where are we sitting at the moment? Uh, shukran so much. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillah rabbil alameen. Wa salatu wa salamu wa rasulullah. Thank you so much for uh, the opportunity, for Voice of the Cape, for the opportunity to give, which, which they always give us. Mm-hmm. Um, in South Africa, South Africa is one of the countries with high number of refugees. Mm-hmm. And refugees, when they come here, apart from giving them, say, asylum seeker or refugee papers, that's the end. So they don't give them uh, any other support. Right. So uh, when uh, migrants come to this country, they face a number of challenges. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, like if you, uh, in the, this recent e- event in the media, so like many refugees from the media could see, some of them could speak English well, others no. Right. You can find that these people have been in this country, like say for 15 years. Wow. For 15 years, they will, some of them are recognized refugees. Some of them are still on refugee papers. So they struggle uh, to earn a living because they don't have any income they come with less skills and then some of them cannot communicate well their rights so mm-hmm. if like they are saying that we are being say, targeted in xenophobia or there are cases whereby they have established shops informally just to survive mm. and then they have been targeted not once not twice and they are stressed they are mentally broken down and uh, there are those uh, whose children because they struggle to get uh, birth certificates sometimes they, they find it a hassle to get school to, to go to school 
school mm. or to be registered in schools. Uh, some some schools are understanding when you go and explain to them. But just imagine that if a, a parent has been here for 15 years and then a younger kid who's not who doesn't know anything so mm. becomes entangled in this problem. And right. we're talking about changing the society. But how can we change if we don't care the young generation? Absolutely. And then we talk about employment because uh, some of them they have don't have uh, skills, employable skills, and then they would be supported. Uh, but the government doesn't uh, maybe have a budget for that. Uh, or they have so many other problems maybe mm. with their own citizens. Correct. And then there are issues of xenophobia. So issues of xenophobia whereby they end up, because they cannot work, say, in waterfront or in sea point, mm. they end up working in informals in areas whereby also locals can be seeing them as co their competitors. Mm. And then uh, when some of them are successful, others, they are looked differently. And then if they are protests, toy toy, and then they become the, the primary target. Mm. And you can have cases whereby those people, they are renting a property, and then even their landlord, whom they have been paying well, actually comes and when they are targeted, it steals their things. Wow. Uh, then they have got issues of uh, sickness. Some of them, like they sick, like, could be HIV, it could be TB. Uh, it is true, for example, like the Department of Health or Western government, like the Western Cape government, they support, like, for example, TB cases and so on. But you find that some of them, like the, if in those, those drugs are stronger drugs. So they need, like, a care, like a food and so on. But they are not working. Some of them are weak. Uh, three days ago, I was meeting a younger man from Congo. He has TB and has been given a packet of drugs. And then he's saying that, I, how can I? Like, I don't have food. And like in my house where I'm staying, the landlord is telling me to go out. And he doesn't pay a lot. He pays around 1,000 rand. And so I was just imagining that now, like, okay, our organization can give some food parcels. But now what happens if it gets finished? Because you can't be giving uh, that food like every month. So these are some of the issues which uh, we feel that the government, uh, the national government and Western Cape government has to come out and have a clear mm -hmm. policy. Because some of these refugees come from countries like Somalia, like Burundi, like a Congo, and they're, they're genuine refugees, and they have got young children, mm. and they, in its uh, future, so in the future plans of Cape Town, so some of them will be here for a long time. Mm. So they have to plan of how to can, can incorporate them and be citizens of this country. Absolutely. They can contribute. Um, the captain of the of the rugby club of or the rugby team of South Africa, who was saying in Japan that it, his story is the story of so many other people who have made it, but they haven't made it because they were not supported. Mm. So even even within the refugee community, we have got so many people whom you can see who are talented because they have programs whereby you go to schools, but you don't know their future because they are not well nurtured mm. to, 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 to explore their talents and come their best. Mm. Yeah. So these are the issues. So like the, uh, for example, like the government can come, for example, like uh, people can come and give out food parcels, but we have to think beyond that yeah, and yeah. we see how can we help these people and we give them skills. Absolutely. So um, our call uh, for the government, first of all, because it is true, like the private sector, the NGOs and the ulamas can do a great job. But if the government comes, the impact is greater. Mm. Uh, because now people are demonstrating and they are saying that they have to be relocated to another country because of the problems they have. Um, some of them, okay, some, some argue that the approach would be different. Mm -hmm. But first of all, look, if you can discuss what came, what, what motivated them to do that. Right. If you listen to them, some of them are mentally broken down. Mm. They just need someone to talk to them, to give them a consolation that hello you know what 
there is this problem, there is this problem, or there is this procedure, for example, like uh, to apply to be resettled in another country, there is this and this and this. Some organizations, some organizations try to talk to them, like UNHCR and so on, but they couldn't listen. Why? They are sick and tired of being sick and tired. Mm. So they have got so many problems. So they just think that maybe if somebody tells them that you're going to another country, yes, we can join this demonstration, maybe they will hear us and then go to another country. But going to another country also it is, there are so many conditions. Mm. So we need to have spaces whereby we can talk to these people. Uh, they are part of the, our landscape. Absolutely. Even it is our religious duty to do that. As mm. Muslims, we know that Muslims were migrants from their day one. Yes. And they migrated to Medina and they were, they were open, they were welcomed with open hearts. Yes. Even other prophets did migrate. Absolutely. Absolutely. I couldn't yeah. agree more. What is, what is the role at this point in time with speaking of with the Department of Home Affairs or Foreign Affairs at this point in time? Mm. Um, what is the role that the MRSA um, or Muslim Refugees Association, Murasa, has? Or, or what is the channels at this point in time and how has it been curtailed? Is it because there's no response from the, the, the government? Or where, where is the issue lying in the communication? So the thing is, uh, like uh, before uh, the Department of Home Affairs, uh, before they crossed this, they, because there is a refugee center, right. uh, the refugee, refugee center it is in Cape Town. Mm -hmm. So what happened is that when people came from different countries, they could go to that refugee center and they they are listened to. Okay. And when they they are listened to, then they they are given appointment that maybe your case is valid. Mm -hmm. Come back on this date, then we shall hear you or we shall give you an asylum seeker. So when they as they wait for their cases, they could be given a, a letter to show that they are allowed to be in this country for six months. That okay. is called a, an asylum seeker. Right. And when they go back to that office, and then the, 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 those people who, the officers there who are working there, they verify, they cross-check check facts to see what these people comes from this country, and then they, uh, they, 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 they are given a recognized refugee. Okay. So a recognized refugee, he can qualify to for social grant benefits. For example, if she's a, a woman or a man and disabled, they are procedures. But uh, in this country, the number of refugees are very small. So you're talking about maybe uh, around 100,000 recognized refugees. But the number of asylum seekers is big. According to United Nations High Commission for Refugees, it is about a million. Right. So there are so many people who are pending, and mm -hmm. they have been in that system. They have been, like, they don't give them a reason why they are not they are not granted but it is asylum seeker asylum seeker asylum seeker and so on all the time so yeah we'll so the thing the is status. so um that office now was closed and that office was closed the civil society organization took it up and then they went to court and then that office was the court uh, uh, instructed the, the, the department to open that office right so uh up to now the department is still dragging its feet um saying that uh, Maybe they have not got a space, office office space, and so on. There are still some issues, but the court made a final ruling. So the thing is, so people have to go up to, say, Eastern Cape or Durban or Pretoria if they want to renew. Because the refugee, if you recognize the refugee, they can give you up to up to three years. Okay. And then when they expire, you can go and, and, and yeah. renew based on the reasons you give. If All your right. country is stable, then they can say, no, you, you feel your country is stable. Mm. So it, it means that the people who come to Cape Town, when they are new 
applicants they don't they don't come they're not served in cape town however if there are people who were already in the system when that office was closed they are still served oh so okay. before that office was closed uh, we, we had a platform whereby different civil society organizations could meet with the department of home affairs mm -hmm. and we talk and we give this we talk we 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 we, we talk about issues right because the department of home affairs itself like it is a small department with a small budget mm -hmm. so you see that most of the activities which that which are done on because like for example according to the constitution of south africa department of social affairs uh, department of home affairs is the one which is supposed to do social cohesion programs right. but social cohesion programs have got a very small budget and like uh, the the south african human rights commission instructed uh, the department to to do that more after xenophobia incidences but again it is still small activities which are done so we always we had a, uh, there before the office was closed. We had a platform whereby different organisations can do that, but mm -hmm. that that platform is not there. We can only organise meetings randomly, and then we go there and we meet people. But we don't know how far mm -hmm. the issues we have raised will be taken through. Absolutely. But other than the Department of Home Affairs, even the city of Cape Town, because the city of the Cape Town also has got its own powers. Mm -hmm. So we don't have a platform whereby these different organisations can talk and, and 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 the city listens because even with the city's budget it can plan for refugees because like if the people were are removed from where they were in cape town it is the city of cape town budget which used the police and then they went they are displaced so it means that the city of cape town incurred costs mm. so likewise the city of cape town uh from its different uh cities so belve belve has got so many migrants somalis so it can plan how will these people be in their future so we are talking that with the council at one time and they were saying that they don't have schools uh, and the the issue of the schools were raised so much mm. that they don't have a budget for the schools and there are so many cases of pending people who are supposed to be allocated the schools but the schools are not there right and the, the civil society the muslim organization some of them alhamdulillah they were endowed with resources but if the city has a platform whereby we can sit and share these challenges mm. uh, for the children where migrant children even local south africans can have a platform whereby their skills it could be like a baby center whereby these children can come and play from but you, you if you can visit some of the areas where the migrants stay mm -hmm. you can be humbled they can be in a room staying sleeping about 10 people in the room sure. children eh? and this it could be a threat, a threat for the country mm -hmm. how can somebody be in a country in 15 years but he doesn't speak english mm -hmm. so if you want to help him how will you help him absolutely eh? so some other countries take these issues seriously okay if the government say that we we have this minimum number of refugees we have admitted let us empower them. Mm. Let us not just give them papers and they survive on their own. Yes. Even with a small budget, there are some basics. We know that the government is doing something. It has got citizens to cater for. But at least we, we feel that more should be done. Mm. Yeah. And also engaging the civil society, the, the, the people who, for us, we stay with refugees. We know we talk their language. We can help. Mm -hmm. uh, but we feel that uh, uh, that platform of talking and exchanging ideas, exchanging experience, experience Experiences is so small, yes. so it should be widened. Mm. Uh, the ulama also they can help. They can help in counseling. They can help some of as as we saw as if you have been seeing the media. Like some of those people are mentally broken down. Mm. They, they are like they are looking for somebody to talk to, to talk to them and comfort them. Mm. Uh, some of them they are so much stressed. 
Uh, you can, we are in the offices, everyday people talk, to, and you, like some of us were not so much experienced in that case. Right. But the shakes, the, the, the psychologists in our community can contribute in that. Mm, yes. Absolutely. Well, no, definitely. I think uh, we will take this discussion up, inshallah. But the Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM Stereo. Sunday Live on 91.3 FM Stereo. Sunday Live. Well, five minutes after eight in the a.m., my name is Mohammed Sheikh on Sunday Live. With me is Nuruddin Sempa from Uganda, who is a marine biologist working at Two Oceans Aquarium and at the same time is also part of the uh, uh, one of the coordinators at the Muslim Refugee Association of South Africa. 8451 says, Assalamu who is going to protect the citizens of South Africa from the drugs, pickpocketing, human trafficking, prostitution and crime from foreign nationals? Well, I think if stats prove me right, the South Africans, more people are in prison, the more people who are related to all those crimes that you mentioned that are in prison are South Africans. So I highly doubt if less than 2% of our population in South Africa are foreign nationals, it's almost impossible that all of them would be criminals enough to... So we need to protect ourselves from ourselves. I'm not going to entertain a comment either. 137 says, Assalamu alaikum. I'm just querying how and who helped the foreigners to get here and why do they want to? why do they want help to go to Canada and not their own countries? Well, it's a very long, drawn-out question, but uh, let, let Nuruddin take care of that. Nuruddin, what do you what do you say to that? Yeah, uh, shukran so much. Um, uh, the, who helped the foreigners to come here? So the thing is, like when you are leaving a country and uh, there is war, or sometimes you look for where it will be. So, like, uh, we have people who are traveling to come. Uh, for example, if I can give my case here, for me, I come here to study. I came for on a student's permit. So, like, I came to study here, Marine Biology, and I studied at UCT. That's the one, 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 one platform, how foreigners come here. Others come as visitors or tourists, as, mm. as business people. But also another way is as when you are stressed in your country, uh, for example, if there is a war, if they are, like, Somalia, if, like, Burundi, we also have economic migrants. Mm-hmm. So, they come through channels, for example, through South African borders. They come, they are supposed to be coming formally through South, South African borders, but you also know reports of people use different channels to cross into South Africa. Mm-hmm. So when they come into this country, they have to report to the nearest uh, uh, refugee reception office. Mm-hmm. So when they enter into that res- refugee reception office, they give reasons why they have been, when, why they want asylum. So some of them, for example, like the, for example, from Burundi, they can go to Tanzania. They stay in Tanzania maybe for a couple of months or years, and they feel that it is not safe again for them. And then they can move to another country which can receive them. Mm-hmm. Some country, like they are so strict, but Alhamdulillah, South Africa is receives foreigners, and the foreigners have freedom. Because like, for example, like the demonstration which was there, like some other countries, like they can just like put you in prison or somewhere else. So I'm not commenting about how they were um, like lifted and so on. Maybe it would have been done a better way. But like uh, in some other country, they cannot even allow you a day to sit there. 
So we have to re- uh, we have to, to to recognize South Africa for giving a freedom for people to come here. So they come in this country. So if they go at the reception offices, there are officers there. They ask them why they have left their country. So in, mm-hmm. in other words, they give them forms and also they interview them. So the the people who interview them must be having some knowledge of the countries where they come from. Right. To to make sure that they are speaking the right the truth. Mm-hmm. And then if they are convinced that they should be given some time to stay here as things get better in their country mm-hmm. or if their life are threatened because according to the South African constitution legally uh, the people if they come here when they have reasons why they should migrate mm-hmm. South Africa has received them just like South Africans we are received some years back when they had their issues right so it is a law so, so the brother asking the South African legally uh, even according to the international law is supposed to receive just like any other country mm-hmm. my country Uganda has got one of the highest number of refugees from South Sudan and Congo mm-hmm. so uh, that is Uganda um, the thing is so when they come here they are given those papers so when they stay here those the government doesn't give them any other money to work and so on some other countries which are richer than South Africa they can do that but South Africa they say that we don't have that budget mm-hmm. so we give you the recognized refugee then you start to do what you want mm-hmm. so you start to look for income because that paper allows you to work and study right so well with this one of the organization Murasa Muslim Refugee Association what it does it trains people with skills such that they can get employable skills there are also other organizations which which, which help refugees and so on mm-hmm. so when they are in these countries like people who are demonstrating they are saying that we have been in this country some of us like we have been targeted on more than once in xenophobia issues mm-hmm. so we feel our lives are threatened right. so and we cannot go back to say Burundi or Congo mm-hmm. so if there is any way would love to leave this country. That's what they are saying. Mm. So um, the thing is, it, if you are to go to another country, for example, if you are to go to Canada, mm-hmm. first of all, you have to be recognized as a refugee. Right. Remember, I told you that the biggest number of uh, of the people, migrants here, mm-hmm. the asylum, the asylum seekers take a biggest percentage. Mm-hmm. So first of all, if you are not recognized as a refugee, that means that you cannot qualify to go to Canada. Right. So and when you are recognized as a refugee, you have to apply through the United Nations High Commission where they were sitting, that office. So mm-hmm. when you apply there, so the UNHCR does its screening. Mm-hmm. First of all, if you can look at the conditions for relocation, so they have to say that you are threatened because they know that South Africa is a stable country. Mm-hmm. Then you have to convince them why you have to go to another country. So maybe you are discriminated or maybe you are xenophobia, or they have, you have been attacked, you have got medical reports and so on. You have to be having proofs, not right. just saying verbally that you have been threatened without verifying. Yes. Or statements from police and so on. Yes. The UNHCR does its screening. Mm-hmm. And when it does its screening, it's a longer process. So they can shortlist you maybe if 10 of you apply to UNHCR, two of you can be can 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 pass through and when you if you if you go through then they they forward your names to the canada embassy right so the canada embassy also does its screening again mm. and it may say that no whereas you qualified but for us we don't feel that you can be we, we can welcome you to our country sure. they can have their own reasons and that process takes time also mm. the usa also has that similar process so it's a long process so like i have i know people who finally went they have waited for like eight years eight years and before the process will go through sure. so it's a longer process mm. so if you want to relocate to australia it's also a longer process yeah. So you can imagine you are struggling. Sometimes you can be attacked and don't have any evidence to show that you are threatened, you are vulnerable. 
so so that's the thing so if you want to relocate you can apply to there are embassies where you can apply directly but some embassies they say that it, you have to apply through UNHCR such that it does the screening for them mm. and again they do their own screening right. and then they they, they 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 take you to another country but also like in Canada there are organizations for example if Murasa was in Canada it, it they are they are given opportunity to to to, to invite refugees mm. so I have I have seen that that like largely maybe faith-based Christian faith-based institutions they invite so many refugees from Africa and so on but you tried that to um, say Muslim based organizations in Canada but they were not responding mm. but they are they are they, they are organization which are registered by the say which you can call Department of Home Affairs in Canada and then they they are recognized and then they they can apply and then they, they privately they can invite refugees to go there mm. so we have tried all those channels but it's a long process it's right. a longer process so, in the so but in the, in the longer it is better like we make the place here safer mm. so if they feel that they are threatened maybe we, we, we invite them and we listen to them what are they saying mm -hmm. if it is the issues about schools we can talk to individual schools as we wait for the government to act but we can talk to individual schools principles some of them have been cooperative mm. so those are the things which we can talk about which we can engage with the ulamas because they listen to they have network to schools and they say no if that one they have refused let's try this one right. so that's why like uh, collaboration is very important that absolutely. as the government could be slow as individuals we can do the work no absolutely i agree with you yes. um ju just qualifying so as a recognized refugee you have more ability to study to travel um, government benefits and also to get him to get employment within the country right yes. and so as an asylum seeker if you let's say start your own informal business do you have access to any of that no so if you, you if you are an asylum seeker there are few the until recently there, there is i think maybe netbank there is one bank i think where you need but you need you need to do a lot of explaining and they allow you to open a bank account right but it is refugees recognized refugees who are taken in mm. as 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 people who can open bank accounts but also i should say that well as for example like organized refugees you can qualify for benefits but the process of actually giving them it is a hassle also mm. and also some people don't know that they qualify so they can go some of the officers they are in the social grants offices like uh, we have got cases people have come to us and they said that no they told us that we are foreigner but sure. we, and then we have to educate them and we give we get cards of social grants and flyers of social grants which shows that mm -hmm. even refugees who are recognized are qualified mm. yeah I'm, I'm with you yeah. well let's give our listeners an opportunity to send in their comments their questions uh, to mr nuruddin sampa who is the project coordinator at the muslim refugee association of south africa if you have some something in your mind if you have any issues you know um, any concerns regarding uh, South Africa and our hospitality to our foreign refugee brothers and sisters from abroad um, do send in your comments maybe he can he can question them he can he can answer them zero seven two two three eight zero seven one two is our whatsapp line four seven nine one three is our SMS line or give us a call zero two one four four two three five three zero I'm not sure I think I've uh, taken a little bit more time of yours than usual but if you'd allow us perhaps because uh, this is a very important discussion I think yeah, yeah. and um, you know I'm, I'm letting it go on for a little bit more than usual inshallah and taking off some of the other content so that we can get uh, you know best insight and maximum yeah, insight true, into true, that true. so focusing on the event that happened two three days ago mm. what was the whole premise behind camping 
at the UNHRC offices. What was the, from how I understand it, is that the general populace of foreign nationals felt very unsafe within the South African community due to whatever reason it may be. Some may be due to trauma, some may be due to discrimination for employment, some may be due to attacks, physical abuse. Um, so that the idea was to try and vent the concerns so that they can go abroad or somewhere safer. Is that true or is that just a partial truth? What was the whole premise behind the, the, the uh, yeah. protesting? Yeah, the thing is uh, like uh, in that area where they were, they, that's the United Nations High Commission for Refugee Field Office. Right. So it is uh, the the headquarter. The office is based in Pretoria, right. but in Cape Town there is a head office, a field office. A field office. Right. Yeah, maybe it doesn't have all of the powers, but uh, yeah, it, it takes a long reports through Pretoria. And, uh -huh. the, and the migrants know because sometimes they come when they have some issues mm -hmm. and so on. Right. So I think um, there are many migrants though. Some of them were not involved, but uh, the thing is, the, the the thing is, the bottom line is that they they feel that uh, they have got issues which are not solved, which mm -hmm. are pending, and they have been pending for so long. So it is that pain. So maybe some of the leaders, I should say some of the leaders, but also the others who are not part of it, they say that maybe we can use another platform instead mm -hmm. of going to the UNHCR, we, we always, because there is what they call a refugee forum. So mm -hmm. refugee forum, they meet different leaders, and then they talk to them and listen to them. Mm -hmm. So uh, these people, some of them didn't use that Forum. They say that we have been to that forum for so long and we don't get results. Mm -hmm. Maybe if we come and sit here at the UNHCR, maybe the media, the civil society, they will listen and say that no, 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 maybe mm -hmm. have something yeah. to say. Right. So as they say that they are demanding like to go um, uh, to for to go to another country because they feel they are not safe. Mm -hmm. uh, but my interaction also with them is that like maybe it is lack of that uh, that. Th that platform whereby they can be listened to because mm. look i can be i may want to go to another country but if you i come and listen to somebody else maybe i can have a different opinion mm. and maybe i may not have basic information actually right. like in two weeks time we have got a platform whereby we shall be organizing a forum and we invite some different embassies and then they meet some of the migrants mm. and then they talk to them Mm -hmm. uh, and also they talk in their language so we use the leaders who can who can explain the languages which yes. they listen to Absolutely. and then they explain the procedures of how relocation is mm -hmm. because the leaders of the protests could be knowing but some of the women they may not be knowing the procedure right. they may just think that maybe if we join and we come and sit there but that that maybe we can relocate it but it's a longer process longer process sure. so i'm not saying that they should not air out their views they should mm -hmm. so actually like in this media like uh, that's why I'm here. So they, to highlight the issues of refugees, they only came about this discussion when people came and they said, no, we want to go to another country. Mm -hmm. And also the, the government also can act more. And they said, no, we have to to help to see that the, how we, 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 we issue papers, because some of them we are complaining about papers, about their children accessing schools because of papers. The government has a control on that. It can act more. Uh, so the thing is, it is about uh, unhappiness, mm. about resentment, about being stressed, right. about f feeling that we are talking and talking, people don't listen to us. So why should I, like, there could be even some people who can stay somewhere, which could be safer, but they are saying, no, let me go there and I sit with my child. You mm. can imagine a child. Uh, 
So it is that is that motivation which brought that. Mm -hmm. So as I said, that rocketing is a, another different issue. It takes a processes, hurdles. Some of them may not even, as I said, that if you recognize refugee, mm -hmm. that's when you start. Is by some embassies. So if many were asylum seekers, they don't. They don't according to that embassy procedure. They don't fit into that. Mm -hmm. So they are still they are saying that it is the government which is causing all that because it has supposed to give us refugee recognized refugees right. and they always when we go they just renew this asylum seeker they don't like we don't graduate to be refugees mm -hmm. the government probably has its own reasons because if they uh, i don't have any official here to talk but maybe they have also their own reasons why they yeah. don't uh, give yeah yeah, yeah but maybe respect. like voice of the cape should also call some of yes, those people to explain and and the, because these are people who serve the community correct not only south africans but also according to the constitution people who are in the country yes yeah. absolutely my radio station your radio station our radio station the voice of the cape sunday live Twenty-three after eight in the a.m. My name is Mohammed Sheikh. With me is uh, Mr. Nuruddin Sempa, and uh, Shukran for highlighting, you know, some of the various concerns that refugees have. Um, I have a few questions still in my mind, but uh, inshallah, we'll get to that in a few. I just want to give our listeners an opportunity of also engaging us. Six one four six says, ironic how we as South Africans were embraced by Africa during our refugee-seeking years. We were accepted, educated, fed, accommodated in employment. Yet now South Africa forgets. Absolutely true 7150 um, okay this is quite a long drawn out situation but I'll read it nonetheless Assalamualaikum I sold my bucky and had to meet the potential buyer he spoke Afrikaans quite fluent it was a foreigner though uh, that selling my bucky deal went into a diamond buying deal it was Somalians and a Congolese guy I was lucky to get out when I saw an opportunity otherwise I could have been robbed of my bucky or hijacked I feel for the foreigners and those who try to make a living but if we were in their country and did crime we would have been chased out or imprisoned this whole thing is not xenophobia but people are getting angry because our people don't have jobs already and some of the foreigners are involved in some heavy crime activities if something is not done to curb this crime our country will go into chaos so let me understand what you're saying here and i take very 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 strong offense to this you think because of foreigners therefore our crime levels are high indirectly that's what you're saying so i'm sorry you had a bad experience with person x and i'm sorry that the people almost hijacked you but that could have been anywhere else if you look at 90 percent of hijackings in ranfontein in johannesburg in the last two months according to stats are all done by south africans that's just the last two months. So I don't think we can blame crime entirely on foreign nationals entering. In fact, if I had to add, I know personal foreign nationals. If you ever asked yourself why Belleville is a Somalia town, have you ever asked yourself why Belleville is Somalia town? The amount of effort they put into their lives, number one, into their businesses, number two, and into helping and establishing other Somalians to build up their own shops and informal training uh, methods, number three, um, is the reason why they thrive so much because they are not selfish and they work hard. In terms of our people, and I would say this very candidly, our local people, without doubt we have so many rights on our hands but we are extremely lazy the vast majority of people that are part of our workforce in South Africa are foreign nationals because they know that uh, they have to make a living and they will work beyond over and above 
uh, the bare minimum wage to ensure that they get some food and even if they work 10 times harder which is why a lot of businesses take advantage of this and employ foreign people without papers without uh, legal recognition status of refugee in South Africa and being an asylum seeker and pay them peanuts and get the same amount of employment because they know they can and our business people and our employment people will take you to the advantage and I've seen it I'm speaking from first hand experience so I'm not going to deny that but yes there are people who try and make it um, I think crime in general is by a collective whoever is living in South Africa not necessarily by foreign nationals yes there is a high level of um, uh, import and export business that we are aware of which is strongly coordinated by foreign nationals uh, within the Johannesburg CBD and selling our fake or counterfeit products uh, into the local stream that have been proven in court have been proven have been assessed and mo most of them have been prosecuted and put into jail if you haven't been following Johannesburg recently they have been put into jail because of that probably like 30 or 40 of them because of the street raids so that we are aware of the same goes for prison uh, what you call for prostitution and uh, running illegal brothels the same applies so they they have been they have been um, you know prosecuted in that sense and many of them being deported as well so I don't I don't see this comment 7150 in my personal opinion um, I don't uh, I don't understand or I don't embrace this wholeheartedly but either as it may be and I'm reason I'm intentionally not giving no routine the opportunity of replying to that one because I'm a South African citizen and I'm giving you my objective observation of what it is to work with foreigners. Somalians, absolutely lovely people, Senegalese, Congolese, um, hard-working people, you know, people from all over. People come from DRC, people come from Burundi, uh, and they further insist. And you know what the irony is? I remember once I traveled to a safari park and uh, some of the some of the foreign nationals were actually working in the most uh, when I say jaws of debt type of situation, basically, there's one time that I joked, um, you know, with the, 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 a lot of um, our black South African people and, you know, tourists coming through. And it was a lion park, basically. And the only person that would want to send into the cage was a, a two people actually from Congo. But those two people were the only ones who had the heart and, the, you know, the zest to do so. South Africans were well trained. I mean, they were lion handlers. They, they had experience in it, but in terms of actually going and doing the job, um, you know, it would be the foreign national. It was just a joke off the side. But I mean, in general, you know, they, they and they bring to the economy. It's not to say they don't bring to the economy. Well, I mean, if you include foreign nationals, you include the Chinese as well. They also infiltrated a lot of our markets and a lot of things go through them. And they actually not just create employment in our local setup, but bring about affordable goods to the economy so that people can afford it. Yeah. Imagine buying clothing all the time from Woolworths. You probably buy one pair of jeans for the year, maybe for your lifetime, who knows. Yeah. But I mean, you know, you need cheap, affordable goods for people to survive on. It's like yeah. survival of the fittest. It's not, you know, living, uh, not even living hand to mouth. It's like you wear one clothes, you have two pairs of clothes, you wish, wash one one day and you know um, you wear one the next day so that that is the type of situation that we're living in and people people live and you know we'd be so surprised and, and sometimes my interaction and I'm speaking off off the cut here sometimes my interaction with a lot of people who are employed in the local sector like foreign guards you know uh, or car guards or you know foreign guards foreign nationals or car guards security guards and a lot of them are extremely humble you know they wouldn't even ask you for a tip yeah. they wouldn't even ask you to give you something and I've seen it 
almost every day. Um, you know, they won't ask you for like a tip because they're getting paid. They're getting paid. They're getting paid peanuts. They're getting paid like one five or two grand a month at most. Mm. Peanuts. But they'll never ask you for a tip. And if you give them something, they're forever grateful. Whereas I've had interaction with local South African people. They will run behind your car. They will hit your car. They will hit your tire. They'll chase the dog behind your car if you don't give them a tip. So, you know, as a rough over the view comparison, I'm not I'm not making, you know, foreigners to be the utmost great people um, and our South Africans to be very bad people. Don't get me wrong. That's not the comparison that I'm making. But I'm just making an assessment to ensure that we understand and we know that the foreign foreign nationals and refugees have a big role in South Africa to play in contributing, number one, to our employment, to our economy, and to ensure that, you know, our country progresses. So I think that's the um, th- that's what we have to understand. And uh, also to catalyze the development of the community. Without doubt. Yeah, because like, they doubt. have their ideas which they bring in. There are some things whereby, like, for example... When the Somalis brought those uh, shops, uh, in the township, mm. so they taught people a business model that mm. you can uh, buy small, you can not rely rest on debts because mm. debts are the one of the challenges of this country. Correct. So, like, they are motivating them to start also business to say, hey, if these people can come, they don't have bank accounts. Mm. Some of them will use us to open the bank accounts, right. and then they can thrive. How about us mm. who can get support here and there? No, without doubt, yeah. without doubt. No. Sheikh, you also talked about education from the comment there. Uh, yeah, that South Africans went and then to other countries and they received education. Mm-hmm. But also I would like to say, for example, like whereas here refugees are supposed to study and they're allowed to study, but not all the professionals they are allowed to study. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, like if you, you cannot study medicine in mm-hmm. this country, unfortunately, if you're, my, uh, if you're a refugee, mm-hmm. uh, if you're a foreigner, say from, at, uh, maybe if you are from Sadak, say Zimbabwe or say Malawi or nearby countries, Botswana, you can study. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I have got cases of learners who have been here like uh, since six years and mm. then they are doing a matric now. Some sure. of them very good students and right. they would love to study maybe uh, human medicine but uh, they were told and not, that's not the first case. There are so many other cases. Mm-hmm. So from institutions here like say University of Serenbosch, University of, of Cape Town, they're not supposed to, to, to they are uh, they don't uh, they are not catered for for human medicine sure. other courses they can study mm. so that is kind of discrimination so i appeal to the civil side to take up this Absolutely. how can like for example like if i want to study medicine a foreigner you can go to any country like in the uk or even my country foreigners come and study mm-hmm. so i think it is related with the cost they give some reason there are some vague reasons which are given but mm-hmm. uh, legal i think nobody has taken it up but uh, to me, it's a kind of discrimination. How can, like, you have got the cost of medication is high, even with the implementation of this new say, national na- na- the policy, the health policy. Still, the foreigners, if you are working here, it, it is still it is still high. The costs are still high. Mm-hmm. But if you have got a family member who is a professional medical mm-hmm. doctor, then that one can help, can help that community. Yeah. Uh, we have held uh, uh, reproductive health workshops with the Somali people, women. Mm-hmm. We have to hire people from elsewhere who are qualified as medical practitioners as Somalis but in other countries and then maybe they are coming here for a visitor for visiting and then we organize those workshops during that period and then they talk to their fem- fellow Somali people in their language. Mm. So that one can help but here you have a situation where, for example where a Somali lady wants to study medicine and you said that she cannot study because she's a foreigner. Right. So that's the kind of discrimination. Absolutely. Mm. 
Well, um, 7625, I see a lot of other questions coming through in between comments coming through about uh, you're not in touch and extremely biased and all of that. Well, if you, if you can prove beyond stats that your claim that foreign nationals are responsible for more higher crime rates than local people, please do so. I'm willing to take it. Otherwise, you need to quantify why the bias. Yeah, um, Sheikh, actually, like, yeah, just like we said, I, I don't want to comment so much, but all the statistics say that. Like, for example, like you can visit police statistics and so on. Mm. There are individuals, foreigners, who could be involved in crimes here and there, just like you have information. Yes. But that one doesn't paint all the picture that all the people are bad. Mm. Countries rely on foreign migrants for a number of issues, professionals, visitors, and so on. Correct. All of us are foreigners. So today you can be here, but when you go out, uh, when you go out South African, like black South Africans, some of them, they haven't traveled outside so much, mm -hmm. but when they visit, for example, my country, mm -hmm. and they see how they are treated mm -hmm. as brothers, we were in schools where the South Africans were studying in those schools, mm -hmm. and they're studying for free, and they were good schools, because in this country, they were issues with the ban to education and they went to so many African schools and, they and we are sharing so many, we are sharing beds and so on and we are calling them brothers mm. eh? we use Islam brotherhood but we are calling them brothers Absolutely. not faith brothers but because uh, they are fellow black people, Absolutely. they are being discriminated by white people, come in, come in mm. so people are shocked when they see these xenophobia incidents, they say wow what how did wrong? that happen? but South Africans who go out and visit other African countries actually they realize that people there are so warm are so welcoming yes. and they are opportunities. People complain about jobs here. With South African runs, you can do a lot of business in Botswana, mm. in Mali, in Uganda, and so on. So Correct. people should think outside the box. Alright, let's welcome our first caller. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Wa alaikum salam. I agree with you a hundred percent. Foreign nationals, they are helping our people open up spazas to help pay their rent. Shukran. Shukran. Wa alaikum salam. Absolutely. Next caller. Assalamu alaikum. Walaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah, all praise and thanks goes to Allah's the opportunity to listen and to talk and to interact. And no other lifestyle of this time of space will be accepted except the lifestyle of Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi You know, we should be so lucky in this country with the kudrat of Allah that we've got these foreigners here. Remember one thing, there was a time when this, when some people said, they said, no uh, people of dark color are Muslims. And Allah's one have made it easy in the New South Africa, that the borders is open and Muslims are coming from all part of being descendants of other color. And of course, that is a bounty of Allah, but just one thing that we did that we did wrong, at the time when they came here, we were supposed to accept them into our townships, and then what happened? They went into the other townships, and those poor men and even women were so exploited. Some of them became sick. Some of them dead. This, that, and the other have happened to them. But Alhamdulillah, they got married to a lot of these people. And of course, today, if, if you find somebody that wants to get married across the line to another culture or another people, you can't blame the people. Because, you know, we, South Africans, the good ones out of it, you know, we are so, so lazy. To be honest, we are so lazy. You know, these foreign the guys, they are so humble. I mean, some of them are professionals, some of them are teachers, some of them are imams. I mean, if, if, if I really, I feel ashamed to say it, but you know, 20, uh, almost 20 years ago, even more than 20 years, when, I mean, here in my township, Bonteville, we had a mufti here, you know, and he was, he was the mufti, but he cleaned the 
and uh, he had to clean the toilets in the masjid. I mean, this was so sad because, and of course, you see the prejudice that we have got is still that prejudice that people of another color is not, so we are more superior. And today we must forget about that because we are not only human beings, we are all part of the human race. And we must realize that this people, um, and crime, we cannot say that the people who really cause crime. We are the people Buta that Muhammad, cause crime, really. But Muhammad, I'm going to have to take it, take, take it there. Sorry, apologies for that, inshallah. We have limited time with our guest and we need no to get this No problem, and keep well, Muhammad And take keep well and take care. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to your next call online. Assalamu alaikum. Alaikum salam, Muhammad. Um, How are you? Doctor, uh, Muhammad, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Loud and clear. Uh, yeah, I, you know what, uh, uh, I slept, I got the flu, I took something. Is it only Pacific stuff that you talk about? Or? Uh, we, right now we're speaking about the foreigner and foreigner challenges in South Africa, Auntie Gigi. Oh, no, no, I, I just want to say I'm very perturbed and very disturbed about uh, the way they treat him there at, uh, at the waterfront. Mm-hmm. I'm not happy with that. Uh, Muhammad, just to squeeze in quickly, I just want to say, you know, it's going to be water restrictions and electorate uh, load shedding. Will it be on both days? Will it be one day? What's going to happen? And ask people, ask people, look after your money. You're not going to get paid again until January. There's so much poverty around, Muhammad, and people buy nonsense with their money instead of buying food to them. I want to say also I agree because I know myself, Sheikh, uh, for uh, clean toilets. I mean, really, man. Mm-hmm. Not on. But anyway, shukran for the program. Sorry, I missed it. No problem, Auntie Gigi, inshallah. Take care. Assalamu alaikum. Well, welcome here on next corner line. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Wa alaikum salam, Sheikh. How are you? Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah, sure. Okay, let us be professional now, yeah. Absolutely. Let's go for it. There you go. There you go. You know, my brother's daughter is married to a Bangladeshi. Right. She got six kids from him. She's not even 40 yet. And at one of that children of him is circumcised. That is for your guest also. Mm-hmm. Opposite the tax shop of Butaway, Muhammad says, mm-hmm. the Somalians put in my, my daughter-in-law's face. That is society, my brother. Mm-hmm. That is, I'm not talking about other people. I'm not talking about year by stories. I'm talking about the truth. Mm-hmm. I went to that tax shop and I told the gentleman, if you come out of this tax shop, I'll hit you because those people have got disrespect for us. Mm. You see, there's another way you do things. And by the way, what's happened on, on Wednesday, I was like interviewing a few law enforcement people because I tried in front of them. Mm-hmm. They said, you know what happened? If you look at the, on the, on the TV, that the gentleman, the Bangladeshi gentleman was interviewed and they said, he doesn't agree with those people that sleep around it in front of you. So he doesn't even, where those people going to pull, where those people going to where is those people going to sleep and all these things? It was so messed up. If you look at Cape Town, when I, went, when I grew up in Cape Town, it was no. The smell is so, so terrible. I don't want to go to town with my grandson anymore mm-hmm. because of these things that is happening in the town. Right. You see what is happening, my brother. Mm. And this, is the, this is for you also, Shabir Sheikh. It is that this government has failed us. Mm-hmm. They don't register these people. These people just do what they want to do. If you look at the interview on the Eat News, I know what's that. I was interviewed. You know what? What do? What? You know what is happening with me now in this radio station? Mm-hmm. Is people come to my store and said, "When are you gonna phone in again?" Because we some side, some so sugarcoating everything. Mm. And you, Nazim, you talking the truth. You, Nazim, you talking the truth. Mm. I like people to talk the truth. Don't sugarcoat things, my brother. Mm. 
don't sugarcoat things. You know, absolutely. There you go. That's why I tell you, some Somalian guy, when my daughter went into the tax shop opposite Mutam Muhammad that found him previously, he spit in my daughter's face, my granddaughter's face, my, my, my daughter-in-law's face. Are you with me? I'm here. So how, you. Can, how, how, how can we going to solve this thing? Mm. These people come only over the, over the border, run over the border. Like me and one Alim is also a Newcastle student. We were talking about these things a few days ago. I said, you know, even Rabbi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam never advised people to do what these people is doing. Mm, mm. You see? Well, don't, go, don't, don't go to another country for wealth. Mm-hmm. For, fix your own country. Mm. Fix your own country. I've got a video when, they, when the previous xenophobic attacks are the xenophobic attacks supposed to be. Xenophobic attacks supposed to be. And mm. this one African guy said, the African president must try to clean, to clean the country. Mm-hmm. There's a president that's 18 months in, in power. He got a peace, a peace or a laureate for, for changing this country. The Voice of the Cape, 91.3 FM Stereo. Sunday Live. Well, Sunday Live, it is. My name is Muhammad Sheikh, and yes, we still have with us Mr. Nuruddin Semper, and uh, he is listening to those comments, inshallah, but uh, he has to leave also, which is why um, I was asking of our listeners to kindly keep it short, kindly keep it short, because he has to be somewhere else, and he can't respond to everything as we go. So the call-ins were directed at for him to answer those questions where possible and uh, but he has to leave so inshallah i'm just going to get some closing comments and i'm going to take over after that to some of your questions and messages coming through uh Nuruddin? yes shukran so much um um i would like to say that uh, south africa has got uh, migrants and alhamdulillah uh, the community has been receptive they open they open their hearts to many migrants mm-hmm. and even the government itself it supports migrants mm-hmm. but also to the uh, resenting voices out there uh, that maybe in one or another they felt that the foreigners um, uh, um, are in crime or their behaviors are unbecoming I would suggest I would request that they take them as individual cases mm. because uh, in a community we are not all perfect so like if you're talking about Somalis Somalis are one of the uh, one of the migrants in South Africa but they're not the only migrants mm. may I come from Uganda so um, they are, this country has got many Congolese it has got many Burundi people many people from West Africa many people from Pakistani many people from India so like it, it is true that there are some individuals, but we shouldn't generalize them. Mm. We should handle case by case, and we listen to each other. It is true, like uh, politics in Africa, it has failed. Mm-hmm. It has let us down. It has let us. It has let many young people down. That's why we hear many young people are demonstrating. But also, it is tied to colonialism. Mm. Uh, people who are following politics, there could be politicians who are in there. In my country, the president has been there for thirty years, wow. but he holds elections and he wins elections. And there are so many young people. Even on the streets, they are demonstrating that he must go. But mm. when he organizes elections, he wins by a big margin, 90%. Sure. How comes? 
it is vested interest in companies and so on. In the media, they give a different picture, but what is happening on the ground, it is poverty, mm. too much corruption. So, like, it is also the young people on African continent, they are struggling to, to, to overcome, like mm. in Zimbabwe, you saw, they are struggling. Maybe that day will come, just like the day came for South Africa, maybe mm. that day will come. But we appreciate the support, we appreciate the kind opening up the hearts, the ulamas here, like, alhamdulillah, the, the people who came to Cape Town as slaves, we found Islamic institutions. Uh, we we are taken in. We don't have issues with praying, with fasting. Alhamdulillah, we appreciate that, mm-hmm. and we love that legacy to to be protected for the people to come who will come after us to enjoy that those benefits. So um, organizations, uh, we our organization is Muslim Refugee Organization, uh, Muslim Refugee Association of South Africa, Morasa. We are based in Arsenal Seventh Avenue. Mm-hmm. So we do different things like uh, welfare, like if people want to support us. For example, Sadaka, Zaka, Lila, they are welcome to support us. Mm-hmm. It could be clothes, it could be items for sewing, it could be skills, it could be volunteering. We we we, we take in all that. We have got upcoming uh, training. We have also a forum we are partnering with Medina Institute. There is an event, Orange the World. Uh, it will be taking place on 30th as part of uh, uh, 16 days of activism. So we are partnering with different organizations. We are targeting youth. We have we are working on a farming project. So we do different things to add value, to empower not only migrants, but also local South Africans. We have done so many projects with local South Africans. So together you can achieve more. So uh, my remarks, which um, uh, my closing remarks is to call out the community um, to support the cause of migrants and mm-hmm. also disadvantaged South Africans because South Africa also, like we visit Black Township, we can't see the poverty there. Mm. I can tell you that in my country, Uganda is poor, but when I see like townships here, it is like my country could be poor, but you can find somebody has got a small land where he can he can plant things. He can, I mean, like the level of poverty is somehow different, mm. and like the there is motivation to work which is not here. Yes. So there are some things which we can learn from each other, Absolutely. and then we 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 will be a better country because we are one umma. So it is these boundaries don't matter. Yes, they shouldn't yeah. matter. Shouldn't so our that. office is on Seventh Avenue. Our telephone landline is zero two one six three seven nine one eight one they can also visit our organization it is www.morasa.org.za m-r-a-s-a yeah uh, there is a website there is information of what we do uh, banker details if they want to donate mm-hmm. um they can donate in ramadan they can do anything to help us inshallah skills. definitely noted yeah. shukran so much for you mr nuruddin Semper. we've been enjoying this interview i will take over all these comments but i understand you have to leave and be somewhere else yeah. inshallah. Shukran, so, shukran so much for brother Muhammad, for hosting us and for voice of the cape or is to to voice the, to give us a platform mm. people to know more about us maybe our talking here they will see us differently yes yeah. as opposed to being you know, part of crime as a whole. Mm. But do take it, inshallah. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. My radio station, your radio station, our radio station, the voice of the Cape. Sunday Live.